Pickaxe. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to One Life Left, live at GDC. I'm Steve Curran. I'm Simon Byron. And this is our very, very special conference show. Simon, we're back. We are back. And look, uh, we're so noteworthy, a man has come to take a picture. <laughs> yeah? Where are you from, sir? Okay, can we see this picture? Obviously, uh, we uh, need to have approvals on them, if that's okay. Oh, is it? It's video. <laughs> wow. We do a radio show deliberately because we have the faces for it. So. <laughs> uh, how are you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. I'm, you know, raring to go. It's sort of like the first day. It feels like the first day of GDC. Even though it's Tuesday, technically stuff was happening yesterday. That's a training day. Things okay. start for real today, and I am hyped. <laughs> what did you do yesterday during the uh, training day? I got too drunk, <laughs> overslept, <laughs> and everything has been in a panic since then. <laughs> Nothing has changed. How was your day, Simon? Yeah, good. I've been uh, back-to-back meetings. Oh, really? Exactly. Very professional. Yeah, thanks very much. Well, well done. <laughs> You should try drinking too much. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's not just us that uh, are here on stage today. Uh, we, we're surrounded by people. There's always three people on One Life Left. Unfortunately, Anne couldn't be with us this year. But we have a more than adequate substitute. Welcome. Adequate. More than adequate. That's adequate plus plus. Okay. Welcome, Cara Ellison. Thank you. Hello, Cara. It's nice to have you in person. Thanks. I, I'm glad to be here. I love GDC. I love being here. And I also, you know, every year I'm big fans of One, one Life Left at GDC and I always and that, come along and say hello. So I'm glad to be here. That's what got you the gig. So if you want to be sat here next year, just be nice to us. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Kari, you've been uh, working in France, haven't you, recently? I have. I can't talk and I can't say anything about it. So I'm glad you brought it up, Steve. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Um, what, what's the food like? It's lovely. There's a lot of cheese and wine. So, like, I'm pretty much cheese and wined out. Like, I just want to have, like, meat now. Meat products. All meat products all the time. And Don't make any jokes there. Okay. No, no, no jokes on One Life Left. Okay, if you're good. a regular listener, you'll okay, know. Okay, good, good, good. And we're also joined by Chris Graft. Chris, hello. Hi, Steve. <laughs> uh, Chris, who are you representing today? What is your purpose? 
Well, I can tell you who I'm representing, but I can't confirm a purpose. <laughs> um, but I am editor-in-chief of Gamasutra.com. That's actually a, a play on words. Is it? So, uh, so one life left bringing the chuckles, you bringing the intelligence. I was, I, I was hoping you were going to say, I'm bringing the knuckles. Chris, have you been in France recently? Um, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> okay. But I, I do consume cheese and wine regularly. <laughs> so we're here for the next uh, four days, uh, bringing you uh, a view from the show floor. We're in our usual spot outside Hawley. Um, and we're going to be joined throughout the four days by the very, the very best of the GDC attendees, aren't we? That's how we selected them. <laughs> we, we, we basically went through the email list, said, are you the best? And anyone who replied, anyone who acknowledged we exist, they're the best. I thought they were just free alcohol. But... Ah, well, <laughs> w- welcome to the show. Please, please introduce yourself. Um, I'm Damon Shelton. I'm the mocap TD for Naughty Dog. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming along. And uh, we're also joined by... Uh, Alex Fleetwood. Hello, um, I'm a game designer. Uh, I'm based in London. Great. Kara's checking her phone. <laughs> I, I'm just checking to see if there's anyone who want to be on the amazing uh, radio show. Maybe, that's maybe we should right deal now. with the guests we've got <laughs> yeah, exactly. at the moment. Yeah, thanks, Kara. <laughs> wow, I, I, haven't even, I haven't even had a chance to say anything yet, and you're already drafting in replacements via Twitter. Alex, I just, you know, I just wasn't satisfied yeah, I'm by your baritone presence. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, like, it's like the voice meets one life left. You're going <laughs> to. You're going to remain firmly with your back to me for the duration of the uh, talking that I'm doing. You know how ruthless I am. You know how ruthless I am. It's a tough world. So, uh, Damon, can you tell tell us a bit about why you're at GDC? Um, I'm doing a talk tomorrow, actually, on the motion capture pipeline for The Last of Us. Um, Mainly because I want to focus on the part no one ever shows, which is, I mean, most of the pipeline usually winds up being... uh, Here's the actors in the suits, and then animation, and they leave everybody else out in between. Okay. So that's the whole. That's Damon, my can you focus. explain for? Um, I'm sorry to interrupt. Can you explain for the listeners pipeline? Um, yes. There's there's many, many, many definitions of pipeline. Um, for me, it's like just a tube. All the all the phases that get you from one point to the other, and for me, that's just turning the actors and actors' motion into animation data. And all the tools that come with that. So it'll be a more technical talk, but yes. Do you, how much uh, stress do you put yourself under for a GDC talk? It's actually been really stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it just comes down to the perfectionist in me. Okay. You can't help it. Like, I know it's like a 30-minute talk, and I'm just going to kind of wing it, but... <laughs> how long does it take you to prepare? Um, I've actually been writing the talk for like seven months. Right. So... And have you, how many times have you, have you practiced it in its entirety? I don't think I have. Okay. <laughs> do, you, do you want to just run through a little bit of it now? I get partway through and then I'm kind of like, yeah, let's change that. Right. So I don't think I've actually completed it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've never spoken at GDC. Have you, Steve? Uh, I've, I've done uh, GDC Europe. That's, right. That's kind of like a GDC practice area. <laughs> it's, um, there, are, uh, there are feedback forms that... Uh, those that attended uh, have to fill back and I think that's quite a daunting uh, wait uh, when that email drops in your box for the talks that it's I've done absolutely terrifying and worst of all living in Europe that email arrives at about 11pm which is the time of night when I'm about to cry anyway 
you know, it's when, when I'm especially vulnerable. I'm like, all right, I'll open it. Things can't get any worse. And, um, and yeah, so, so I hope it goes well for yeah, you. Right. <laughs> your confidence. Can you give us an insight into some of the things you'll be chatting about tomorrow? Um, I will be mostly focusing on the tool sets that I've developed uh, for because I, I wrote a whole custom pipeline okay. like tool set inside of Maya instead of using the standards which is usually Motion Builder and you hear that name dropped a lot but right. I've actually written it so that we don't have to leave Maya because we do everything in Maya so right. why not okay. <laughs> keep it there it's much easier <laughs> why, um, why are you talking about The Last of Us specifically? Because um, I can't talk about Uncharted yet. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> so what can you tell us about Uncharted? <laughs> Um, it's cool. Uh, I can't cover much other than what you know we've shown in the gameplay demo yeah. and stuff. And and for me, um, yeah, I just see it from the from the mocap standpoint. So I don't even get I don't really play test the game or anything, which I kind of do on purpose as much as possible. So I get to enjoy it at the end. Uh -huh. I've had too many games I've worked on where by the time it comes out, I don't want to play it, it yeah, at all. <laughs> what, what can you tell us about France? Uh, and, <laughs> Alex, what's, uh, what's, what's brought you to GDC this year? Uh, well, I'm uh, working on a new game. Uh, it's called Fabulous Beasts, and it's a kind of hybrid physical digital game. So uh, here's the prototype. Uh, so we've got these 3D printed objects. Uh, it's a two-player game, and you're going to build those into a tower. Uh, but there's some funky custom hardware in here with some sensors that means that every object that's placed into the tower is like an action in this digital world-building game right. that is happening at the same time. We so should... it's kind of Jenga meets Hearthstone okay. kind of a deal. We are on radio. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> we, we should explain. Um, so whilst we were talking to Damon, Alex, I don't know where that stuff came from. You yeah, must I, just, I just got to whip that out. Massive yeah. pockets. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, and that could be painful, I think, if any sudden movements. But um, you've assembled... I'm actually walking around GDC with a large flight case, like okay. a travelling encyclopedia salesman. Right. Um, and Alex has positioned uh, upon a sort of hexagonal base um, a series of 3D printed models um, which look reasonably stable but I guess the point of the game is to move them around at the moment um, and he's got an iPad uh, and some more shapes which he's just placed another one on yes, right, excellent so um, when oh, wait, yeah, there's some did you pull another shape out of your pocket? Like, yes. Yeah, I, I, have, I, have, I have TARDIS pockets. There's actually, I've got, I've got a couple of uh, minivans back here, um, a fridge full of delicious uh, meats. That man's pants are just full of shapes. <laughs> how, how does this work then? There's a lot going on there. There is a lot. There is a lot. There's a lot to take in. Um, so, you know, this uh, 3D printed shape that I'm holding in my hand that you can't see is a, is a sea creature. Uh, so um, that would be, if I wanted to put those into the game, I would uh, play that in. Um, this block here is called uh, Tsunami, so it has a negative effect on the water region of the game. Um, this one here is a cross block, so if you play that into the game, you can combine two creatures that are already into the world and form some weird new hybrid species. So it's like, you know, everything like is like a, it has a sort of digital card kind of a feel. So each of these is like a, is a magic deck, you know, it's like a, a card with resources and outcomes, except rather than playing it onto a table, you're building it up in this balancing tower and you also have to take into account, you know, can I balance it? Will it stack? Okay. Will I be able to play that piece? Where, where does the, the technology come into it? What's, what's, what's the iPad um, So the iPad and the hardware are connected via Bluetooth. Right. And um, it's not actually switched on, which uh, is a shame. So I'll just pretend I'm doing this. But uh, you touch the block to the platform, 
okay. and you say um, it pops up on the screen going yep that's the tsunami block and then you say on the tablet yeah I'm going to play that and then you get this little countdown and um, it's checking via another sensor in the platform that you did in fact play the block that you said you were going to play wow, there's an awful lot going on so where, where, where did the idea for this come from? Um, I uh, well you know so I used to run a studio called Hide and Seek and we did loads of physical digital hybrid stuff of different kinds you know events installations location based games uh, different kinds of things and you know like I love I love like mucking around with this interface between real world play and digital play um, but you know when I finished Hide and Seek I really wanted to be able to make a game that I could really make for a long time try to find a group of players who really wanted to get into that give me feedback you know keep developing it and evolving it um, so I wanted to try and come up with something that was more producty, you know, that was less of an installation or an event and something that could persist. So this is kind of a fancy board game, I guess, you know. It's a thing you'd buy in a big box with all of these bits and bobs. And hopefully we could then, you know, make new blocks, update the digital game, do all that kind of stuff. Right. Wow. So what, so what stage is it at now that you've, uh, this is all 3D printed and prototyped yourself? Yeah, um... <laughs> well, uh, okay. uh, so we yeah we literally finished the prototype on Friday. So um, I kind of we kind of packed it into the box, and then I came here, and I've been talking to some folks here about uh, maybe a crowdfunding campaign in a few months' time. Um, that seems like a kind of logical next step. Uh, so yeah, we're going to sort of just try to start drumming up some interest in it ahead of that. Wow. Um, so, uh, both of you, what, um, aside from your own personal projects, what are you looking forward to seeing at this year's GDC? Well, you know, it's the wild rumpus tomorrow night. That's always a, that's always a highlight. Um, yeah, Cara is uh, indicating that uh, she is DJing um, uh, on the wheels of steel. It's very I exciting. Am, they asked me, and I, I was excited because I, 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 I would like to foist my pop music taste upon other people who are unsuspecting. So... I'm really excited about it because they asked me. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, like, I, I've kind of just been showing that, like, I, I haven't actually paid attention to GDC at all quite yet. I've sort of finished the prototype, got on a plane, have had a bunch of meetings, um, and tomorrow I'm going to kind of surface and go, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a schedule with things right. in it. Um, so, yeah, Wild Rumpus is as far as I've got so far. Okay. Damon? Um, for me, I... I think I've spent all of GDC just trying to get in to see the Valve VR thing. Right. Were you successful? Course, can't, can't play the Naughty Dog card or anything. Really? It sucks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but no, other than that, actually, I saw um, a few really good talks yesterday. Sorry. I don't know if I'm even... I can't yeah. hear myself. Um, you know, with Brianna Yu and several of the others about, you know, women in gaming and, that, and how that needs to be. Uh, sorry. <laughs> thought we were getting signaled to shut up. Um, so. <laughs> by the way, I just wanted to say that I, I like France. Um, and it's a nice place. The language is wonderful. Can we stop talking about France? I'm not supposed to talk about it. So, Thanks, guys. Uh, Except, we can talk you. about France. We just can't talk about what you did there. Okay, uh, there's no, there's no blanket. pretend I was never in the, France. The, the NDA that you signed did not it disqualify you from saying that France is a place. I, no. Let's say that France is a place, and yep. I ate much cheese there. And Good. That's, Fine. that's all we're going to say. Thanks ever so much for coming on the show, guys. Uh, enjoy the rest of GDC. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome back to One Life Left, live at GDC. What a good first couple of guests, Simon. 
Well, no, yeah, absolutely f- uh, fascinating. And uh, are we going to continue this standard? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Who's here now? <laughs> okay, I'm Steve Theodore, and I'm from Undead Labs. We made State of Decay. You did make State of Decay. I'm, I'm a massive fan of your game. Uh, excellent. Thank you for coming on. Thank uh, you. And I'm Rami Ismail. I'm one half of Dutch Independent Studio of Lambier. I'm a massive fan of your games as well. I think, oh, Steve, you. I think, yes, I think... Uh, quality what remains. don't you so, like <laughs> well I'll be honest with you I really did like State of Decay but it but I absolutely hated it at the same time and um, I, I became so paralyzed by what I mean I was enjoying it so much but I, I became scared to turn it back on to see what I'd what had happened was that the reaction that you were going for well so over the course of uh, you know our relationship with the game has changed over the years and uh, we have kind of dialed back some of those uh, in action penalties it was an interesting experiment to see you know we were trying to create that feeling that that feeling of pressure yep. and that was uh, a really important thing to us because uh, so many of these games are supposed to be post-apocalyptic dark and whatever and everybody knows they can always just roll it back and, and, and take out whatever effects I accidentally created by making a mistake. And so um, it was unknown territory for us as well as for you guys. Okay. And so we kind of had to, you know, we're, we're fine-tuning that. It's, it's definitely uh, less uh, aggressive nowadays. I, I, I sort of feel about it now in the same way I do about Animal Crossing, that I don't think yes. I can turn it back Yeah, on. I have the exact... Actually, I was just going to mention that. I have the same thing with my Animal Crossing okay. village because I haven't been there for, like six months and I'm pretty sure they've come back everybody's just crawling over the floor to be like why did you abandon <laughs> us <laughs> uh, so uh, state of state of decay uh, were you um, were you surprised by the success because it seemed to emerge from nowhere uh, to become one of the biggest Xbox Live games it was a really interesting experiment I mean the original concept behind the game was that it was a down payment on a bigger game uh, we, we really set out to make an online zombie MMO and, but we felt like, you know, we've all done big games before and we we're like, I don't want to spend five years finding out if this is any fun. So let's do something small, get it in people's hands, see how the community likes it. And because that was sort of the real thing, it was not, this is going to be our bread and butter. It was more like, let's get it out fast and get some of that kind of indie momentum that you get by uh-huh. doing that. And, uh, but we were really blown away. Like we, we, we shot way past what we thought we were going to do. And we have been, uh, we are eternally grateful to our fans because they are like super supportive and, and have helped us a lot. And they continue to help us a lot as we've been refining the game and fixing a lot of the issues that we had. We made it with a, a tiny team in a short amount of time. Right. So, and although I guess not, not by your standards. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Microsoft uh, showed real support, didn't they? I mean, I, did Phil Spencer was... I, I, I remember wearing a State of Decay t-shirt as well at one of the conferences and stuff like that. Were you... Yeah, so, so Microsoft was the publisher, and, um, you know, they, they were very supportive and helped us get going. But because of the kind of game it was, it wasn't like a big, splashy marketing campaign. That was pretty much all on the fans. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of momentum coming out of the community, people who had been following us for six months or a year before we finished the game. And uh, it was a, I gotta say, I've, I've been on some very big titles in my day, and I hadn't had any that felt like that love the same way. Because it wasn't like a big consumer product thing where the marketing and the ads are driving the sales. It was really just individual people out there evangelizing for us, and we loved it. And Rami, um, I remember uh, this time last year, uh, Lift Strauss's just came out. I remember downloading yeah. it and showing you that I'd bought it. So uh, how's, how's, your, how's your year been? 
Uh, it's been a very busy year. Uh, I mean, we've been working on Nuclear Throne uh, ever since. Lufthouse came out, did really, really well. People loved it. Um, it was. It's. It's a very interesting game for me. It's a very strange game personally, uh, both for me and JW at Vlaanderen, because it was very clearly made in a different state of mind. Right. Um, it's very angry game, which we're not normally very angry. Um, so it's been really interesting to just see how people connect with that and see like that there are people that like very angry Flambeer, uh, <laughs> which is nice. I guess that's nice. It's look, nice to look back and just be like, hey, you can make a game that has part of you in there that you didn't even know that was there, right? Like, right. we didn't realize we were angry when okay. we made the Rousers. How are you feeling now? Uh, we are in a very comfortable place. <laughs> uh, Nuclear Throne has been amazing. It's been very stressful in, in many ways because uh, we're doing that early access model where we update the game every single week. Um, but the response to that has been so overwhelmingly positive, and the community is carrying us. It's, right. It's up. We we do live streams every Tuesday and Thursday of development, and now that we are at GDC, the entire community is supportive of us being at GDC, and some of them even took over our live streams Today, for fantastic. us. Fantastic! You've got an entire community who's supportive. That doesn't sound like video games, Rami. <laughs> It's been very, it's been very, very overwhelming right. to see that much love and support. Yeah, and that, and that, um, that pressure that you put yourself on. I've seen you. Um, so you're very active on social media. I've seen you talk about having to compile this week's build in the strangest of places, <laughs> or like, no matter where you are or when you are. It's, uh, I mean, you make a promise to the players. You you try and keep it right. So if we say well, that's we interesting, upload, isn't it? <laughs> Who else up- is coming on the show? <laughs> You, you, uh, you say you upload a build every weekend. You try to keep to that as yeah. much as you can. So I've uploaded the build from airplanes uh, on, in, on airplane Wi-Fi. I've uploaded it from the roof of a hotel in South Africa once. Uh, I've uploaded it from, from airports, from hotels, from uh, on the street once. Uh, from <laughs> conference. <laughs> from Just conference on the what about the shower? Have you ever uh, uh, done that? A star, uh, Starbucks once, which was great. So, uh, yeah, just you uploaded where you are. But you have, like, a really interesting kind of attitude towards, like, I, I guess, like, community management in that, like, I guess you yourself, like, travel over the, all over the world and, like, basically uh, communicate with everyone who really loves Flambeer games. And that's, that's kind of amazing. Like, you're co- constantly on the move, like, all across the world. Like, do you feel like that really enhances people's, like, interactions with your games? I mean, I, I think what helps is that they know that we are people and they actually get to see that. Which is like, it's a really weird thing, but like people on the internet are, are people on the internet. Yeah. And I think that people in real life, you, you immediately lose like a, a barrier that is, that is there otherwise. So having the opportunity to travel around the world and like meet the people that play our games and actually talk with them, I think that has, that has definitely allowed people to, to just see us as humans that are fallible but are really really trying and does that improve your games at all like does it does it give you more insight into how you could serve the players oh yeah absolutely of course no any any player that that you talk to any person that that loves your games or hates your games is is a source of information Uh, i i've had conversations with people that really didn't like nuclear throne that have been really really helpful Uh, it's it's just really good to talk to people in the end that's what we're doing we're making games for people to play Without a player, video game is a piece of software that does nothing. So, Rami, I, I for one don't. Uh, I think that your quote unquote world travels are an intricate hoax, and you actually um, just it, it's, it's just some kind of like soundstage. Well, actually, actually, we ask our community members to make photos and then pretend that I took them and t- 
retweet them from my Twitter, but nobody ever caught on to that. Uh, no, but like I, it's it's really interesting to travel, and it's really interesting to see how how different uh, places react to the game differently sometimes. And you've had some like random checks, which I put <laughs> in like uh, quotation marks there because really it's not that random but like no, you not. had like a, a kind of awful experience uh well many awful experiences really this year <laughs> with like random checks i actually once got stuck in the united in a tiny part of the united states in canada because um vancouver airport has pre-clearance which means you actually enter the united states from in vancouver airport and then have what is technically a domestic flight and uh, at some point can Air Canada, with whom I was flying, decided that I might be a threat to their flight. So they told me to go back to Canadian security, which I could actually not do because I was on U.S. territory and there was no Canadian customs back into the country. So they had to escort me through like restricted parts of the airport to get back to Canada, which was a very interesting experience for just having a dude there that has seven Arabic names and that can't be Isn't right. Is there a Tom Hanks film about that? Like, doesn't he get stuck in an airport? I mean, at a terminal. Point? Oh, yeah, the terminal. Yeah, no, I'm, if they ever make a new terminal, I'm, that could just be my life. Just Rami's life. Rami's life. Steve, uh, you're talking at GDC, aren't you? Uh, actually, I already did. Oh. Uh, mine, mine was yesterday. How did it go? Uh, actually, I thought it went pretty well. Have you had um, your feedback form it, yet? Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the thing yet. Yeah. I won't see it till everybody else does in a few more weeks. Open it during the day. But, what, um, what were you talking about? Uh, so it was technical art for art directors. Um, the, we had a new feature this year, the Art Directors Bootcamp. And so it was an audience of art directors, and I was talking about kind of what I wish somebody had told me when I used to be an art director about how to make good use of tech artists. So um, it was kind of an odd talk because uh, I'm much more comfortable doing very techy things, and this was all sociology. Uh, so uh, I had to rely primarily on performance art as opposed to uh, just like hiding behind lots of code screens. Well, like ballet? Where, are, do, are there zombies? No, well, ballet, ballet was my first GDC talk. That was in 1997 when my animations Whoa. didn't play. And so I had to uh, show how animation blending works by standing on a table and waving my arms around. It was, it was pretty awesome. Wow. I, would, I would go watch that. Yeah. It was um, interpretive dance meets GDC. It was, it was the best thing ever, yeah. Yeah, in, uh, in 2017, you should do a follow-up talk um, uh, about, uh, like, with the ballet, and I just, I would like to see you dancing uh, once more. But, but not next year? Like, specifically 2017? Christmas, well, yeah, Christmas, you, said, you, said, you said it was in 97, right? It's gonna, so. I'm going to need at least two years' worth of conditioning <laughs> before I'm ready to do that again. Well, it sounds like Chris needs 20 years to calm down. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> it's too soon. <laughs> Welcome back to One Life Left at GDC. Um, we have a new guest. We do have a new guest. Hello, new guest. Uh, Hello. Who are you? I'm Andrew Benison. I'm a game developer based in Manchester. Uh, I run Prospect Games. We're making a cardboard box simulator, I guess you'd call it, called Unbox. Thank, thank you very much for coming on. We were, we were just looking at the video of this before we, uh, before we started broadcasting. Um, yeah, it looks absolutely spectacular. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so we developed it originally for the Unreal Game Jam in December. The theme was What's in the Box. We spent about nine hours just looking at ourselves, like, what are we doing? We have not got a clue what we're going to come up with. And Jack here came up with this just cardboard box rolling around in an environment. So we were like, okay, let's see where we can take this. Uh, we didn't win the jam, but people really liked the idea. So for the last sort of two months, we've just been turning it into a full title and 
it's become this crazy like Mario Kart-esque slash platformer slash collectathon just extremely weird experience and it's been it's I'm, been an I'm absolute gonna, blast I'm making not, it I'm not gonna lie when we when we were checking the schedule and we saw Andrew Benison, we were, we were like um, who's who's this guy and um, <laughs> so we like googled you and the first, the first one was um, some author that died in 1942 or something like that, a Wikipedia page. But then, but then we found the box video, and we're like, "All right, I see why he's here. I see why he's here. It, it, it does look like a lot of fun." I'm glad that it's showing up on Google search yeah. finally. But yeah, we're a bit out of left field. I mean, um, we're a relatively new team. We've only been around since about June-ish. Uh, we all come from backgrounds like Jack was at Codemasters. I've done like a lot of design work and worked at places like Dubit. So. Uh, we just sort of wanted to do our own thing. Didn't think we'd be making cardboard box games, but I'm glad we ended up here. So, so wait, explain to me like exactly what happens in the game. Like, what are you a cardboard? Are you like Metal Gear Solid, a cardboard box man? Well, like a man with the little feet sticking out at the bottom, and the, you run around. The official story is it's uh, it's set in the near future, and scientists are trying to create the ultimate postal service that's self-delivering boxes because <gasps> pe- you know there's too many people on Earth. Everyone needs parcels. Okay. So the easiest way to get a parcel to someone is just to make it roll to them. And so the game is uh, set in these <laughs> offshore testing facilities to like put them for extreme conditions, like nice. volcanoes and explosions and all sorts, <laughs> okay. to see if these parcels can make it to their destination. So it's plausible then? <laughs> yeah, it's portal but with cardboard boxes and explosions. So basically a lot of sticky tape is what you're saying to me. Yeah, in fact, the uh, collect game mode is actually all about collecting sticky tape. Nice. And shooting fireworks at each other. Do the boxes have feelings? Or are they just like empty husks? They're kind of stoic, um, and I guess they're stoic if you just leave them to be just be sat there. But you can kind of just personalize them yourself because you can change the box skin. You can put hats on them. You can put glasses on them. You can even dress them up in suits to kind I of love it. make I'm, them look weird. I'm going to buy this as soon as it comes out. I feel like this is a very like Northern England Scottish thing to make because <laughs> you've made a game about stoic boxes. <laughs> I feel like it would appeal to my people is what I'm saying to you. I also like how your answer right away when I asked my stupid joke question about uh, does the box have feelings or um, do you have emotions? And you had definitely been thinking these are stoic boxes. You had an immediate answer. <laughs> we we actually had a whole conversation about this, about do we want to make them emotive do we, uh, you know, with emotions? Do we want to make them sort of cold and unfeeling? So, yeah, we have actually had conversations about should our cardboard boxes Do feel? your boxes cry is what we're really asking. I not, mean, at the mo- not at the moment. I guess we could add that as a feature. Are you going to do, do any tie-in merchandise? We actually, again, that's something we've talked about a lot because cardboard boxes are relatively cheap. Look at so that. There's a guy there carrying a your, your, your main character with him. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about a game about a box, and you have a box. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's pretty simple. We could just buy a box like that, throw a hat on it, and hat on it, and start selling it pretty much. So we, it's early days. Uh, we're going to see where the game goes. But if people want cardboard merchandise, uh, by all means, shoot us a line. We'll see what we can do. When do you expect to finish it? Well, uh, it's a pretty relatively short dev time. We're aiming for an early access release on Steam in June. Um, we kind of feature locked it, so we think that's reasonable. And then we've been talking with Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft about doing a sort of staggered console release. So. Uh, hopefully a free build will be going up in about a week or two. We're demoing it at Rezd in Britain. Cool. So we're going to try to get a free build up with that. So if you follow us at Prospect Games and go to unboxgame.com, uh, we'll get a build up there as soon as possible. Early access in June, and then hopefully within a few months of that we'll release. But it's our first major title, so no, uh, no promises. Excellent.
welcome back to One Life Left Live at GDC. Uh, Tuesday, first, second day of GDC. How's it going, Steve? Having a good time? Well, it, it was going okay. Yep. I was getting through. Okay. And then I saw the eyes of one of our next guests. Right. I looked deep into his eyes and had a flashback to last night. <laughs> I'd forgotten he was there. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay, we should um, chat about that. So, um, so I'm having... Uh, I'm having hot flushes. Okay. But otherwise it's going fine. I, I, um, uh, I thought of a new game we can play here. Um, okay, what, what's that? Well, before the show, I, um, it, just to ensure that uh, I didn't embarrass myself up here, I went to the toilets, which are over there. This is going to be good, I now, can tell. <laughs> I'm not sure if you use those toilets over there, but at the end of the toilets, there's um, a series of small rooms uh, where I believe that you can go in and do a special sort of toilet, like a, a hard-working <laughs> toilet. But you can... Um, Wait, what? <laughs> Please explain this. I don't understand. You can do a shit. Okay, um, fine. And uh, what I noticed, though, is that there's quite a large gap between the bottom of the door and the floor, and I wondered if we could play Whose Feet. <laughs> I thought about seeing whether we could send somebody in just and we just play Whose Feet. Okay, so what, what are the rules? Well, you go into the toilet, you see some feet, and you speculate. <laughs> I, don't know whether... I just thought that might be fun. I mean, we had a man on, he's making a game about being a cardboard box, so... Looks like we're up for fun. Um, right, thankfully it's not just me. <laughs> you here, we've been joined by two more guests. Uh, would you mind introducing yourselves? Thank you for coming on. You can go first. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm James Parker. I'm from Grand Shatter Games. Welcome. And who have you been joined by? Uh, I am Mitu Kandeka Kokoris uh, of The Tiniest Shark. Thanks. Thanks. For, are you having a good show? Yeah. Yeah. It's busy, but good. What have you been up to? Um, I have hardly been to any talks this year so far, unfortunately. I've been having meetings, you know, wheeling, dealing, that kind of thing. Um, uh, So you, uh, when did Red Shirt come out? A while ago. Was it it out this time last year? Yes, it was, actually. It's on iOS now, isn't it? Um, It's going to be. I keep putting it off horribly. Yes. So what are you up to? Um, I have been, um, well, I've started work on the next game, or just about to, basically. Okay, Um, tell us about that. Um, it is. It basically involves more social simulation, more aliens, um, more fake computer people. Basically, okay. That's, <laughs> that seems to be what I'm into. Cool. And James, what have you been up to? Uh, yeah, much the same. I've, I've seen one talk thus far in the last two days. Whose was that? Uh, I don't know. Just a bunch of producers talking about how to run an indie team. Okay. And they mostly said just go on holiday together, which <laughs> seemed to be a bit fanciful <laughs> to me. Um, whereas everyone should be in offices all the time working. Okay. As far as I'm concerned. Right. James, James, I, I had another flashback. Did you right. tell me? Did you tell me last night that you won an award for being the third best writer of all time? I, I. I I was third place yeah. in a thing about writing that happened last night. I see what to, I've done. To call it an award <laughs> would be uh, wrong. Means um, the numbers correct? Yeah, it was the um, the IGDA Writers Special Interest Group do a thing called Write Club, where you have a small amount of time to write something slightly witty about games, and it's a knockout competition. And I was third, and I won uh, a, a Bluetooth uh, Android controller. What did you write about? Oh, all sorts. There's, there's a series of rounds where you're given challenges based on existing games. Just, and just uh, answer the question. What did you write about? <laughs> <laughs> You've been so evasive. Okay, uh, one, the, the round where I went out, 
I wrote the word woof several times and then performed it <laughs> as a dog for about 20 seconds. <laughs> okay. As a high concept, it worked, but in execution, everyone just stared at me and then I went out of the competition. Uh, how many uh, took part? Uh, about uh, 50. Okay. Great. Like right. Matt Lees was fourth and he won a, uh, a candle shaped like a skull. <laughs> Excellent. Wow. Uh, so a Bluetooth controller is better than that. Well, uh, I, yeah, according to the writer's special interest well, group, yeah. So, uh, so Mitu, uh, have you, are, you, um, are you intending to see any talks? Are you just, uh, um, just I suppose I should turn up to my talk. Okay, what, when's that? Uh, it is, is it what's that or when is it? When is it? When is it? It's uh, tomorrow, Wednesday at five o'clock, and which is, is when it? all the other amazing talks are scheduled. Is it? Who are you up against? <laughs> I'm up against Richard Lamarchand. Okay, Ooh, he's um, Also, like, a bunch of micro-talks, I think. Okay. So, yeah, basically everybody else. Right. I'm going to have an empty room. I might not even turn up. But it's okay, though. My micro-talk is on Thursday, so it's okay. I think there's, like, a rant or something. Basically, yeah. like, cool talks are happening. Okay. Maybe, maybe what you should do now is spoil the other talks. Ah, okay. Okay. Do you know what they're about? What's, what's Rich LaMarchand talking about? I mean, I think his talk is called Infinite Play. So okay. I think it's just, like, keep playing games forever. Exactly. Right, well, that's Done. impossible. You'll die. So. Okay. <laughs> What's your talk about? Uh, I am talking about tiny computer people, so basically social simulation in okay. games and things to think about when you're designing them. Will your talk include little computer people? Yes. Right. <laughs> Was that the first example of them? Uh, yeah, well, actually, um, I'm, sort of, so I'm kind of going into the sort of history of like, games about people, so I'm sort of drawing a line between uh, like Chris Crawford, who is kind of like the, the grandfather of like, games about people. So he made a game called Gossip back in like, 1983, which was just before the, the, the video game market crashed, of course, in America. So okay. nobody played his game, unfortunately. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm talking about sort of, you know, some other examples of um, just neat sim- social simulations Games. Okay. We were talking earlier about the, um, the stress of doing a GDC talk. Yeah. Is, it, is it stressful? It's incredibly stressful. I mean, this is my first sort of full-length design talk. Um, I've done a load of sort of micro-talks and rants and sort of like five-minute commitments here and there. Um, so, yeah, this one's pretty scary. How much, how much preparation do you have to put in? Um, well, more than I've done, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Why the focus on little computer people? Like, uh, what about, like, husky Giant computer, computer people. people. Yeah, yeah, you know. Chris Craft always, uh, always asking the really okay. important questions. <laughs> the I suppose questions. we think of them as little because they have to fit in the computer, right? I guess that's why we, yeah, you know. Where Good do answer, people though. in? Just intangible computer people, that's what they are. <laughs> uh, and James, how are you going to spend the uh, rest of your show? Uh, well, I'm, I'm telling people about my game and showing it to them. Okay, so um, what, what are you doing? I, I'm making uh, Skyscrappers, which is my kind of vertically scrolling multiplayer fighting platform game uh, set in an exploding skyscraper. <laughs> you sort of uh, talk about it as if that's just like normal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is the most video gamey video game is I've it? ever made. <laughs> I'm, I'm very pleased with it. <laughs> uh, when can we expect to see it? Uh, in the next few months. This is Kara uh, Ellison. We are presenting One Life Left at GDC. We have Chris Graft and Steve Curran. Hooray. Hi. Chris, you sound surprised to still be here. I am. He's just happy to be here. He's just happy. He's a happy person in general. This is, this is the uh, third year we've done this? Is it third or fourth year? Well, now, yeah, I think fourth. it's like our 12th year, 13th year. Um, and, and you still seem to be getting used to the concept that radio is a spoken medium. 
<laughs> Chris has a lot of expressions that don't really come across on the radio. I know. Sorry, radio. <laughs> and we also have Simon Byron. Hello, Thanks, Simon. Cara. Hello, how's it going? Good. Are, thank you, are you. you enjoying yourself? I'm enjoying myself. I, I love GDC. Everyone is here who loves me. It's great. I, I love being adored. That's the way it is. Um, and we also have Teddy from back. Here Hello. is our guest. Hello, Teddy. Hi. How I'm so you? happy to be here at the Car Ellison fan gathering. Thanks. Exactly, yeah. So what does GDC sound for? Good. Something, something, Kara, I guess, that isn't it? Uh, gosh darn. Yeah, gosh, gosh darn. Kara. Gamers convention. dig Kara. It is a huge Kara convention. So, which... Teddy, what do you like most about Kara? Well, uh, I, I like her words. Okay, I like good. when they're written. Uh, I like when they're spoken Good. most of the time. I Good. like when she shows me cartoons from the UK. You, I will invite you back to this radio show. It's great. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, what are you actually doing at GDC, Teddy? Uh, God, uh, mostly Hyperlight Drifter. We're doing a lot of just showing some new stuff from what we've been making. Uh, and I just finished my first GDC main talk. Wow, how was it? Straight off stage and straight onto One Life Left. Yeah, I just got here. Did you? Excellent. You did a musical thing, right? You yes. did an exciting musical adventure. I did a talk with uh, Rich Vreeland, a.k.a. Disaster Piece. Yes, he's like amazing. A day in the life, live scored, half hour uh, walk through my uh, weird life. Holy balls, that sounds amazing. Why is it so weird? I, well, my, why are you so weird? Um, a, you said it was weird. Explain. Explain yourself. It's, it's meant to be a series of topics of advice. Like, I talk about how to use social media. I talk about how to be productive. I talk about inspiration and teamwork and, like, finding the right team. Uh, and it's framed in this day in the life. So, What do you think that Kanye would think of your talk? I didn't. So I had to sit down. So I couldn't do a lot of pointing at my own face to have everyone pay attention to me. I didn't tell anybody to shut up when they laughed. Okay. But, like, do you think that Beyonce would have done your talk better? Y- yeah. This well, isn't the uh, first thing that you've done combining your career with music, is it? You released it is, an amazing YouTube video. Yes, it is the second in a long line of two <laughs> things so far. Uh, yeah, I did Trapped in the Comments. Which was where you rewrote the lyrics for R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet to be about yourself, right? I culturally appropriated R. Kelly for game nerds. How yeah. dare you? What are you doing Thursday night? Oh, God, I'm back in L.A. Oh. I know. I have to leave Thursday. I've never done this before. Okay. GDC, you know, it goes all the way until the weekend, so you, next time you should come, come for the whole week. I think like, I'm going to be on Twitter a lot once I get back. Right, but it's not, you know, it's not the same, right? Virtual Teddy is not the same as actual Teddy. Uh, Basically, I'm saying, I'm guilting you into... To staying? Yeah. To skipping my flight? Yeah. yeah. Just okay. leave. Just leave now, Teddy. Chris. Great thing reverse, 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 reverse psychology. <laughs> um... Anyway, the talk went well. Thank you for asking. Good. Okay, well, yes, I'm glad it went well, and I'm, I'm sure everyone thought it was great. Is there, uh, is there anything else on the schedule uh, that you recommend anyone going to, or is that it? Now your court talk is done. <laughs> Shut the conference down. I think it's all, it's all uphill from my talk. I just uh, I have no clue what's happening this week because I've been sequestered preparing and, and preparing some stuff for Hyperlight and some other things. So I've actually not really been... This is my first GDC moment. So far. I mean, except this for the right talk here. I gave. I guess that's a GDC we're, moment. We're a moment. Yeah. Oh, so thank you. A moment like this. How is this is at least my 12th GDC moment. <laughs> so. Okay, fine. Whatever. Double digits. <laughs> I just had another one, too. So. <laughs> How is uh, Hyperlight Drifter coming along? It's coming along well. Uh, we, like, 
took the beginning of the year to figure out everything that is left that needs to be done. It's like a proper game development studio. We now have all the postcards on the wall uh, so that we have it kind of glaring down at us oppressively, uh, all the things that need to be done left. So it's nice to know what's what's between us and release. Okay. Do you still do press-ups in the middle of the... I mean, push-ups in the middle of the... We of just the re-upped. So last year at Glitch City, which is the studio that I work in in Los Angeles, uh, I started a goal to 10,000 cooperative push-ups, which was every hour on the hour, I played Kanye West's All of the Lights, and then everyone knew instinctually to get up and exercise. Yeah. And then... Which I refused to do when I was there, by the way. That's why you're not there anymore. <laughs> um, kicked out. Uh, there were complaints that playing Kanye every hour was disruptive. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing a Chris Graff thing, and you can't hear this, but you can see it. I'm doing quotes. It was Air disruptive. Quotes. But we're back. We're back in 2015. We're going for 20,000. Nice. Okay. Yeah. How are your pecs um, and your triceps? Uh, pecs are better than my seps. Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, Thanks for answering. I'm working on balance. Welcome back to One Life Left at GDC. Like to try and capture a little bit of the atmosphere around here. There are sort of people drifting around from conference room to conference room, seeing talks, magic in their eyes. Um, Memorise the shoes. (laughs) Memorise the shoes for tomorrow's game. Everyone has coffee. There must have been some free coffee um, in that hallway. I really want because can someone get me a free coffee from that hallway? You've become a monster. Unbelievable! That is the moment that Kara changed. Goodness me! What's your rider? Yeah, where is my rider, C? I don't know. <laughs> you can always see Steve's, Steve's brain work then. I was just having another flashback to Hey, look, there's a beer now. There's beers. There's coffee and beer. And Who's got beer? You guys have got beer. Where'd you get the beer from? Over there? What? Someone get me a beer. Oh. That's oh. quite right. Do not bend to her will. Someone bend to my will. Like someone has to get me a bit. No, okay. Welcome fine. back to One Life Left at GDC. <laughs> Welcome to One Life Left. We're a video I game radio station. We're a video game radio show. Uh, we do specials every year from GDC. This is our fourth or twelfth tradition. We're not sure. <laughs> and, for, and for those of you listening to the podcast, we've just cut a bit out, haven't we? <laughs> Where Kara went off the rails. No. <laughs> I'm very I'm, I'm very important to this radio show, I promise. We've got two more spectacular guests sitting at the other end of the table from me, just to paint the picture, you know. Uh, Eileen and Nels, why Hi. don't you introduce yourselves? Uh, I am Elina and I work at Game Oven, and I worked at uh, on Bannon, which is a dancing game on your phone. Sweet. My name is Nels Anderson. I work at a place called Campo Santo on a game called Firewatch. Now you're showing that off uh, at That's GDC, true. aren't you? On Friday. On Friday. How's that going? Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, I, I don't know yet. Okay, no, so I thought you were showing it off throughout the week. So it's just on Friday. Just on Friday. Friday. Okay. If so, anyone catches this before Friday and they're in San Francisco, they should come to The Box, which is on between 6th and 7th on Howard Street from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. to play our sweet video game. Wow, they actually got stuff. <gasps> the place is called The Box? This we just had a guy on who's making a game about being a box. <laughs> I can't believe I'm having a party at Firewatch. Yeah. Um, this will be the first time you've shown the game off. 
that p- other human beings can actually play. Okay, cool. Because yeah. you, you people watch videos, but right. now they can touch it with their digits. How does that? How does that feel? Does it make you nervous? I mean, I think everybody's <laughs> quite excited to play, aren't they? I. It seems that way. That is a nervous making. Now that you talk about it right. like that, yes. <laughs> I might swim it's just by one on giant playtest, right? Yes. So, yeah. yeah. That. That's the mindset I have. <laughs> it will catch on fire, and we will learn things. So now it's like, how many hours of fire watching is in this game? Like every single time I ask. Sean and Jake, like how many hours of fire watching is going to be in the game Firewatch? And they always avoid my questions because I'm a very hard hitting journalist who needs the answers, and they are always very good at inviting, avoiding how many hours of fire watching. I mean, there's I think as I... many as you want. Stop it! <laughs> stop it! <laughs> this is a no, no, no. Stop, stop it! I need to know specifically how many hours. I'm a very important journalist. I have it. I don't. I don't have time for this. I live to stonewall the press. How dare you! <laughs> Um, about Bounden, Bounden, um, Elena is up for an award. Well, more than one, actually. And, and award. <laughs> oh, nice, Elena. T- tell us about Bounden. Tell us about Bounden first. It's a really interesting mobile game uh, that forces you to dance. Yes, forces. And it forces you to touch each other and be weird and silly. Awkward. <laughs> yeah. You guys actually like collaborated with a Dutch ballet for that, yeah, right? Yeah, the Dutch National Ballet. Like, I had no idea they were so big. <laughs> Apparently, they're like right up there with the New York and the Moscow Ballet. Like, huge. Wow. They tour around the world. <laughs> so, Alina, um, I guess like super unfortunately this year, uh, Game Oven had to like guess basically like at, like close its doors. Yeah, we're closing down the studio. So, yeah. like, are, do you do you know what you're doing next, or like, what have you got yes. planned for? Uh, I am uh, working uh, on another uh, Dutch game studio, uh, which actually also is working on a game called Interloper, and it's also IGF no- nominated. <laughs> wow, you really know how to hedge your bets. Like, yes. you are an exceptional businesswoman. <laughs> this is great. Like, and, and also, like, I, do you know what? I, I really like how Game, game Oven kind of uh, really goes, like, full force into video games that are about, like, being close to another person and like, about, like, getting to know another person faster. Because you, you also worked on Fingal, right, and um, uh, Friendstrap. Oh no, you uh, Friendstrap, yeah. just for you, Friendstrap, and then yes. before that, Fingal, yes. um, before you arrived at Game Up. Now, yeah. Fingal, Fingal uh, is a flirting game, right? Sorry, what? Fingal's a game about flirting, isn't yes, it? Yes, really? it's, uh, it's basically finger sex. Right. Uh, Simon, you've played I'm Fingal, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Who did you play it with? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't know that definition now because I played it with my six year old son. <laughs> Oh, oh my God, Simon! Well, actually, <laughs> so inappropriate. I, I, I talked to Tim Shaver, and he was like, "Yeah, I love the game, and my daughter loves it as well, but she keeps wanting to play it with me." And I'm like, no. <laughs> it's one of those things that we'll look back and we'll go, "Yeah, no, it, it, but no, but that was acceptable in 2015." <laughs> well, then I know that Adrian told me that Rami played um, Fingal with his now, his current girlfriend on, yes, a, on a yeah. flight together and it was right. part of their relationship forming which I thought was really yeah. sweet and like that's really yeah, awesome. Yeah we, we've had people come up to us and say hey you know what Fingal got me laid. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nels do you think Firewatch is going to get anybody laid? Uh, probably not. <laughs> How many hours of fire watching would get you laid? Like I the whole point is you're alone. So zero. So it could or actually infinite. cause like a, a divorce try- even or a breakup. To, I'm just trying to get an, an hour. <laughs> How many hours of fire watching? There? No, you're never going to tell me, are you? Correct. 
Ha, what you, this what, is rubbish. What are you guys up to for GDC then? Um, well, I actually, me and Jake Rodkin, one of the other uh, people at Campo Santo, we gave a talk this morning okay. at the Level Design in a Day workshop all about the level design of Firewatch. Um, it seemed like that went well. Good stuff. Which Do people good. go on fire in the game? That Not humans. The woods might. <laughs> is that a spoiler? Did I just get, like, did I just squeeze a thing out of you? You got a, you got a hot scoop. I got a hot scoop. Just a for you. A scoop that's on fire. And welcome back to the smooth, easy listening One Life Left podcast. I am not quite a host, Chris Graft with Gamasutra.com. Along with Steve. <laughs> You're getting better at this, Chris. Yeah. Like 12 years in. Well done. Chris, Chris what's your, G- your GDC like? What, what, what are you doing here? Um, I am trying to not miss meetings or appointments that I set for myself. I, I, the, the things that I miss um, most, most frequently are the things that I schedule for myself. Um, so, yeah, that's basically it so far. Okay. Going, going well, is it? What? Is it going well? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually... Okay, so, dead serious. Um, it's, this GDC is going, uh, going really well. It's only Tuesday, though. So, so it's ask down, me Friday. Downhill from here. Yep. Great. Uh, and we've been joined by another guest. Hello. Uh, would you mind introducing yourself? Hi. Um, Robert Curry from Donosville Polo Club. I'm working on Mini Metro, our first title. So yeah, Simon, I don't know. Have you have you played Mini Metro? I haven't. No. So Mini Metro was one of my addictions a couple of years ago. Okay. It's a it's a essentially a tube map generation yes. game. Yes. Is this this is on Steam, isn't it? Yes. It I, is on so Steam I saw Access, um, yeah. Rock Paper Shotgun raved about yes, it, didn't they? Yes, they, they did. Yeah, I like that word raved. Yes. Right. Yes, the, yeah. So no, I have been meaning to definitely. Um, so <laughs> tell us about it. Uh, how does it work? Well, basically, it's it's more of a subway map game than a subway game so you, you're building a subway map just to make sure that everyone gets to whereabouts they want to go uh, it originally came out of Ludum Diary 26 back in a uh, depressingly long time ago uh, May 2013 so we got the game done in two and a half days and that was 20 months ago or something right. uh, so um, yeah so basically it's just about stations appearing and you making sure that you build the lines in the right way to get everybody to where they want to go what made you want to make a tube map map game? Uh, well, it's all started when we wanted to enter a game jam, my brother and I, and uh, we didn't have an artist, so we thought, well, what's the way we can make a game look okay with no art assets? And the best way to do it was geometric shapes of single colours, uh, and that worked out really well for us. We have since got an artist on board who has made the game uh, look a lot, a lot better and uh, proved to us that really we did always need an artist all along. How did you manage to um, to break out then from you know something which could be described as being sort of a niche niche very niche title seems to have attracted a load of attention so how how did that happen Yeah, it has attracted a ton more info, uh, more attention than we ever expected. Um, we think it's come down to the fact that it's using a metaphor that almost everybody understands. I mean, everybody has seen a subway map and they know what it is, and it's very distinctive. Um, so. And I think the gameplay is, is... We know it's not as easy to pick up as we'd like, so we are working on that, but it's because it's a... Once you get into it, it's actually a remarkably simple game to get the hang of. Okay. So I think 
and also it's the only game that looks like it does. So it's a very distinctive look, and so you instantly kind of know what the game is. From so I'm, I'm from the Midwest. Uh, we don't have subways there. We don't have tubes either. So what I, a game that I would be able to more relate to transportation-wise is a game about having a, like an eight-person SUV driving to Kroger uh, to get boxes of Kraft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> we don't actually have any subways around from either. Um, so, but we, we, we like to pretend. Yeah, yeah. How far have you traveled to get to GDC? Uh, I don't know the miles, but it was 13 hours in a plane and then an hour before that uh, on a, yeah, for a, con- a, a connecting flight. And then after this, we're heading to Boston for PAX East as well, which I think is about another five and a half hours. I assume that you took the tube here. You, you would think so. I did catch the tube from the airport to, uh, to this inner of town. Yeah. Chris, do you know what a tube is? I'm not convinced you do. <laughs> you might be right. I mean, if no, you... it's, it's like, I mean, it's the exact same, right? It's, uh, it's, it's, a, the, it's a tube yeah. underground. <laughs> if you have a look a few blocks from here, they are actually building one, which was quite interesting, because in our game you can basically build and remove them without any cost, and actually seeing one being built right now, you realize there's a great deal that goes on. You need to partner up with um, Elon Musk, um, the Tesla (laughs) guy. I'm in Austin now, and uh, he's trying to put in a a hypertube, and it shoots you 700 miles per hour. just shoots you 700 miles per hour. <laughs> we, we are looking for more kind of upgrade ideas for the game. So a hypertube, that sounds like a pretty cool upgrade. I think we might better add in. What, yeah. is, what is next for the game then? Uh, next for the game is, well, the first thing will be getting out of early access. Okay. And then after that will be the uh, iOS and Android launches. Great. So I was thinking I should give a date, but that would be about the fifth date that we've given and then subsequently not met. Uh, so this year, okay, yes, yes. I think I think saying years is, is better than months. Excellent. I think, Look, at this stage, looking forward to it. Uh, have a good GDC. Thank you very much. It's been great. Welcome back to the Cara Ellison Show. Uh, we're broadcasting <laughs> live from GDC. She was uh, very quiet during that last segment, wasn't she? Apparently, it's because uh, we didn't officially introduce. Yeah, Cara. I, that was my fault. <laughs> I was a bad introducer. Carl, what's it like being you? It must be excellent. It's, pretty, it? it's pretty excellent. Is it? Right. Yeah, it's really good. Okay, good. I like a lot. Right. Um, any tips for any aspiring Carl Ellisons? I uh, just be like super happy all the time and like really enthusiastic. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for that, Cara. Okay. Anyway, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but we do have two other guests <laughs> on the show. I don't think that you maybe should talk you to should, them. Maybe you should introduce them. Uh, I don't actually know their names, uh, but yes. Um, hi, two extra guests. Like, welcome to the show. I really, uh, I like your faces. Please introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Brian Upton. I'm a senior game designer with Sony Santa Monica. All right. Uh, I'm Dave Evans. I'm the CTO at Play Canvas and also Coffee Boy. Yes, thank you so much for the coffee which you brought us, which was very graceful no and lovely, worries. and no one mentioned it, and we should have. So thank you for that. So uh, Dave, you've you've been on the show several times before, haven't you? Uh, yes. I've Would you say twice. we're getting better or worse? Oh, I think you're getting better, definitely. We, yes. Could be saying the same. Yeah. If, if, that was too leading a question. Oh, I see. Maybe, I don't know. The, I don't maybe know. You, you, if I say you're getting better, does that imply that you were once worse? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so what are you doing at GDC? Uh, so we have a booth here. We're demoing a bunch of new engine features, lots of uh, exciting physically-based shading, 
and stuff like that. We've also got um, a what I'm calling a mega casual tank battle game. So tank, mega casual. yeah, mega casual. It's as casual as you can get. It's just a link. You go to tanks.playcanvas.com and you're right in a multiplayer battle tank game. How uh, many? How many players? Oh, uh, I think it's 16 per server. Wow. Okay. That's 16 is my favourite yeah, number. Yeah, four teams, four colours, four Couldn't teams. Couldn't have answered that question better, honestly. <laughs> I love 16. Um, awesome. And, uh, and Brian, what brings you to GDC? Um, well, uh, I, with Sony, I have a, a bunch of developers that I'm meeting with. Um, we're we're going to be getting pitches uh, all day tomorrow for new games, and I have a talk that I'm doing on Thursday about game design. Okay, what, what's your talk uh, specifically about? It's called The Play of Stillness. Um, one of the teams I'm working with currently is uh, The Chinese Room, which you guys might be familiar yeah, with. Yeah. And um, you know, they do very experiential games, and so I'm doing a talk about um, design heuristics for experiential play spaces. So something that's... Because well, a lot of games are like, oh, it's all about interaction and transaction, about give and take with the game engine. And I'm like, can we come up with general design principles for games that are less interactive? And that's what I'm talking about. Uh, and you mentioned that um, you're here to meet uh, people that want to pitch for games. Um, can you offer any tips? What's the best way to pitch for, so- pitch for Sony? Oh, my God. Um, well, do something that is really amazing. And by that, I mean, like, like, we've seen really good executions of, like, normal games. We're like, wow, that's a really, really nice game. But that's not weird enough. Okay. Uh, for Sony Santa Monica, we like things that are unusual. And even if it's, like... You know, we're not sure if that's going to succeed or not. That's kind of pushing the boundaries. Uh, yeah, we'll give you money for that. So that's the part of Sony where all the interesting... Uh, sorry, that suggests that Sony doesn't do any other interesting games, but where most of the interesting <laughs> games come from, right? In my opinion, that's where the most, most of the interesting so games come from. So you did the Unfinished Swan, uh, Journey... Um, Flow, Flower... Flight. Yeah. Um, we, we also um, support hardware initiatives, so we did um, Vita games um, like... Um, um, uh, escape plan. Uh, we did a move game, sorcery. Um, whenever so- um, Sony is doing something new, we try to be out on the forefront and do the new stuff. It must be. Um, it must be quite a privilege then to just sort of experiment like that, I guess. Because if you're not, if, you, if commercial success is not necessary, you, so you don't have the pressures that other. Oh, commercial success is necessary. Is it, is it? <laughs> oh yeah, we get okay. in trouble if we don't make do money. You? Right. Yeah. No. But it, it, which makes it kind of it's fun, but kind of weirdly stressful because it's like, oh, do something totally new and original and make money at the same time. <laughs> so your, your talk is about principles of uh, what inter- interact or um, with, uh, gameplay systems and less interactive games. Can you give us the best principle that you have? What's um, the best? I can give you an example of the sort of thing I'm talking about. So I start off designing shooters. Uh, I designed uh, Rainbow Six and Ghost Recon. And one of the things I noticed is that some of the best gameplay moments in Rainbow Six came when you were doing absolutely nothing at all. You, like a player would be like walking along and they'd be in a hallway and there'd be all these doors and they'd be like, oh, well, that's really unnerving. I'm not sure I want to go. And that moment of like anticipation that happens right before you do something that's a really interesting gameplay moment, and that's not the sort of thing that you get if you think about games in terms of always being interactive. It's, it's like getting that moment when you're, when you're stopping and thinking about things. And so with, um, with something like um, Dear Esther or their, their new game, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, um, there's a lot of stuff that's happening as you're moving through the, the world. You're thinking about a whole lot of stuff as you're, uh, as you're experiencing um, um, one of the Chinese Room's games, but you're not interacting. And understanding why that works. Why does a game like that work? Or, for example, um, the horror game, P.T. I mean, P.T., your entire interaction is you can look at things more. 
And, um, and it's an amazing effective experience, and I, I, it's really under-theorized in game studies, which is why I'm doing a book. That's super interesting because I'm, I'm doing a, a micro-talk on Thursday uh, at the Design Micro-Talks, and I chose to do my uh, talk on... Um, intersubjective intimacy which is essentially like what when a moment happens like it's a psychology intersubjectivity is like a kind of um a moment that psychologists have for uh, when like uh you know like a psychological energy goes from like one entity to another entity and you can experience that without any kind of words or you know it, it, it could be completely wordless and there's a bit in um, Out of This World, which is the Eric Chahi game, where um, like you are stuck in a cage with an alien being, and you have to sort of swing the cage to get out of the cage. But you kind of expect, because of video games and like the way that they've been until then, that, that you would actually like when you get out of the cage, that the alien is going to run off and like it, and abandon you essentially. And what ha- actually happens is the alien kind of taps you in the shoulder and then touches your face in this kind of two-second-long scripted event. And and it actually like massively indicates that that alien is now your ally and is has a kind of intimacy with you that that you didn't really presume was there before. And actually, it's kind of this beautiful moment where I feel like video games are really good at it and that you just it's pitch really a, memorable. Did you just pitch a game to? Uh, I think you just pitched a game. That, that was a game that's already been made. Oh, sorry, I missed that part. Oh well, I mean, have you played Out of This World? It's really good. David, okay. uh, what kind of intimacy is there in your 16-player tank game? Um, well, <laughs> that, that's a good question. Uh, I think pretty much the only communication you've got is the name you pick for your tank. So Sometimes that's all you need. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not so much about intimacy and more about going and getting the big red bullets and shooting them. But, but surely, like, one tank could go, like, rub up against one of the other tanks, right? Well, you actually, like... you know that. That's, uh, it's quite interesting that we have been playing it, and before we put in the ability to choose your name, you, um, you had just a random name, and so you wouldn't necessarily know who you were playing. But in the office, we could always tell who was who, just from their behavior, how they moved, where they went, whether they did the little spinning dance after they killed you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you can, you can actually... I guess it's a bit like Journey, right? You've got almost no communication, but you can impart quite a lot of sort of information doing that. Yeah, I love how people talk to each other in Journey. I mean, you actually, I've had whole conversations in Journey with people just doing pings, and it's, you can kind of tell what they're saying. It's yeah. like, oh, hi, how are you? you know, thank you. It's, it's, it's really amazing how little people can yeah. pick up at those tiny little cues. Yeah. yeah. You have these, these lovely sort of almost romantic moments inside Journey, and then the game finishes, and you... Turns out you've been playing with Sniper Douche 69. Yeah, it does break the magic a little bit. Yeah, I really like. Like, I had like a moment in Journey where I fell down a cliff, like really un- unceremoniously, just fell off a cliff uh, because I was being an idiot and I was just like, you know, bouncing all over the place and singing and just like being my general noob self. And I, I had this like really long this ma- this this um. I presume like someone who'd just been playing Journey for ages and had a really long scarf and had collected everything and they were trying to like escort me through this cycle <laughs> desert without and they were trying to get me to stop jumping around and like arsing around and eventually I fell off this cliff and I thought this person is going to abandon me and then um, and they jumped down after me and it was beautiful it was a beautiful moment yeah, no there's so many moments like that yeah um, and I've never been trolled in Journey. I mean, you could theoretically, you could like totally be a, a jerk to people, and yeah. uh, and they don't. I, I don't know why. 
Well, it's just that you're unable to be a jerk to people in, in journaling. There's no, there's no system in place where you can literally be a jerk to someone. You just can't do it. You can't. You can and, jump up and down in front of them. You could like. Well, which, which I've done, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> oh, so it's not offensive the... enough. It's not offensive enough as a tool. I cannot troll anyone. Journey journey. troll. <laughs> I just can't do it. It's not possible because even if you're jumping up and down, it's not offensive enough. So it's 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 you can. Excellent. Thanks ever so much for coming on the show, guys. Enjoy the rest of GDC. Uh, can, can I really quickly say the name of my book? Of course you can. Uh, it's called The Aesthetic of Play, and it's available from pre-order by Amazon if anybody wants to get it. Excellent. Good luck with Sweet. it. Sweet. Thank you. And that's it. The end of our very first GDC show of 2015. How do you think it went, Simon? Uh, I think it went very well. Thank you very much to Chris and Cara for helping us out. Thank you for no having us here. Uh, what have we got to? What are you going to be doing uh, between now and when we hear from you next? I'm going to find out what appointments I missed during the show, and then uh, contact the people and apologize. Kara, <laughs> uh, I guess I'm probably going to go try find some karaoke. I, I'm excited to see if anyone's up for that. And then um, I guess tomorrow is another busy day of like avoiding journalisms. <laughs> it is. It is. A busy time as GDC always is. But I'm excited about this evening. I guess we'll find out what happens. I guess if you're listening to this as a podcast, you can just skip exactly. <laughs> next uh, episode and see exactly the how, yeah. how we're feeling tomorrow. Great. Uh, right. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to our guests for coming on. Uh, and we will see you all tomorrow. Bye. 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 Bye.